PS5 and the new Xboxes are just around the corner, so we thought, why not sit down here for a little while and take a look back at the launch lineup for the PS1, the 2, the 3, and the 4th console, in this case from Sony, because sometimes people are dying to go to that GameStop, that EB Games, and even Funko Land back in the day. They get the console, which is awesome, but then you look at the lineup and it's like, oh man, somebody maybe made a mistake. So we're going to be talking about this and reacting to this uh, lineup right now on another episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode coming at you each and every Sunday with yours truly. I'm from Puerto Rico. My name is Juan Velas from London, Ontario. That person right there, he's also a fellow gamer. Is your name Keith Hamilton, my friend? In front of the court, I will state that my name is indeed Keith Hamilton. And in, the London, case, Ontario. and in the case of one Keith Hamilton, have you bought a PlayStation console, any of them, uh, day one? No, I don't think I have. No, because I got the PS3 late as well. That, that was the one that I bought the earliest, but I've never bought a P PlayStation system day one, or in turn, now that I think about it, a console day one. I think the only one of them that I've been swept up in the hype in was the Wii, but even then, because Wiis were so damn hard to find, I didn't get one until weeks later. But the concept of a console launch and the concept of needing to have it day one is just something that I've never really got swept up by. I think that in my case, the only PlayStation console that I bought day one or day two, I, I know it was like that launch window was the PS2 because I was obsessed when I found out that it was going to have a DVD player, right? DVD players were super expensive and uh, I wanted to play Gran Turismo, but I went in wanting to buy the regular one. And I've talked about the story on previous episodes, but just for context, I bought the uh, the red PS2 box, which came with Gran Turismo. Gran Didn't Turismo 3 A-Spec. Yeah, what a, awesome What a game. beautiful game. But this, uh, this kid here did not have enough money to buy a memory card, so he proceeded to play Gran Turismo for a couple of months Ooh. without a memory card, which was... You don't do you, that. You, you really you got mistakes. good at racing in a Honda Civic. Oh, a stock dude, you, you, Honda you, you Civic. got you got no idea. Getting man. that getting that D license over and over again. Exactly, man. So, having said that, I think there was a natural conversation of on one side we have the actual console, right? Especially when you're talking about the PS2 to the PS3, there was a high definition leap. PS3 to PS4. Uh, it was still, it was like a maintenance level. Now with the PS4 and the PS5, you know, it's like all about that 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 4K, uh, NVMe solid state drives and all of that. Have you ever, I'm not saying that, you know, forget about the economical reasons. Have you ever been one to be like, I'm a day one gamer. I got to have X or Y thing day one. Not really, because I take a more cautious approach of like, Let's see how this plays out, because I think living through the Xbox 360 launch made me want to just let's wait and see how it goes, because you had all of those people for the 360 that were, I need this day one, I need to have the new fancy thing. And then they got this little thing called the Red Ring of Death. And that is an expensive purchase to just have kind of fail on you. And it feels awful. I If I was one of those people, I would have been pissed so kind of learning about learning from the experiences of others i always just wait and see same thing in my case one thing i really enjoyed is that whenever there was that generational leap 
Usually the games from the current gen dropped in price dramatically. And growing up, I was pretty tight on the budget. So I remember when there was that shift from PS1 to PS2, usually you would get like these bundles. It's like, hey, you get all the Tomb Raider games that came out for this instead of like 30, 40 bucks each. It's like 30 for all of them. And and I really liked that. Or usually the games, they would be giving it away, like buy two, get two free. So I never really had that obsession. Uh, like, obviously, I was jealous maybe of the person that got the new console. But you're a kid, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, even though I didn't have it, I was more than happy to go over to my friend's house that had a PS1 and check it out. Well, then I went home and played my Super Nintendo. So having said that, man, uh, you ready to take a look at uh, some of these lineups? And what we're going to be doing is... Uh, there's a lot of these games that maybe we haven't played, but let's say hypothetically, let's try to, to measure our hype level as we read these down on the video version. There is that visual aid uh, for anybody else. We can uh, link in the description. I'm going to be referencing an article from GameGrin.com, which they uh, thankfully listed out all of the lineups for the PlayStation games. Now, when we go to the PlayStation 1, so... The, the the PS1 came out in Japan on December 3rd, 94. But for our context, we are going to be focusing on September 95, which is when, right, when we really got this. So the games included were amazing. They include Air Combat, Battle Arena Toshinden, ESPN Extreme Games, Killik the DNA Imperative. Like, can, can I just stop there and be like, who approved that name? Yeah, that's uh, it goes to show that bad video game names have been around K forever. How do you say that? Kiliak? I guess. NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Not that that's a bad game, but when I think about NBA Who Jam, I do not. talks about the PS1 version yeah, right? of NBA Jam? <laughs> okay, can we just talk about like, there's a PS1 version of NBA Jam? I didn't even know. I just played yeah. the Super Nintendo version, so. Yeah, that or the arcade. Oh, okay, dude. This game here. Power Surf, by the way, this is not a journalistic episode. This is a reaction episode, just yeah. to clarify. Power Serve 3D Tennis. I need to look up the uh, the box art for this game in a little bit. Uh, the Raiden Project, which uh, that's like a, like a bullet hell, right? Like a shoot 'em up Yep, a Rayman. Now, Rayman's a good game. Rayman, really, really solid game. That's also mm -hmm. part of the PlayStation Classic. I'm going to say one of the most underrated franchises of video games ever, Rayman. Raymond, yeah. Rayman, Raymond. <laughs> I mean, everybody loves Rayman. It's also pretty good though, because we could go there, but not not related to everybody this episode. does love Rayman. And that is true. They just don't play the games enough. Now, Ridge Racer, Ridge Racer. That's also a really freaking good game. I love me some Ridge Racer. I don't know if you've uh, had experiences with those games. Yeah, those are very very good arcade games. I just think it's something that was that gets a little lost to time because. It's not the best arcade racing game. Well, maybe it is. It's not the best racing game that came out on the PlayStation. For those on the video version, here's the uh, look at the Power Surf 3D tennis logo. It is literally just a giant yellow tennis ball. And for the audio version, it's exactly what you think it is. It's like it, it, there's a little bit of the tennis court in the back. Really, really bad there. And then, uh, oh boy, Street Fighter, the movie dot 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 the game yes for just, just to clarify it is the the video game tie-in of the movie based on the game just have to clarify that total eclipse turbo twisted metal one and zero divide 
What, what's your just general reaction when when you look at that? You you know in hindsight the success of the PS1, so you know what's coming at you, right? But this is the 3D console. Like this was Sony's first attempt, first array at this. Just based on this, what's your take on it? I think it's a great example of why it's best to wait on a console for a little bit because yes, there are games, but they aren't necessarily all good games. Like there are a couple there, like you said, Ridge Racer, um, Rayman, and there are series that started there that eventually got phenomenal. Like nobody really thinks about Twisted Metal, but Twisted Metal 2 is one of the best games of all time, in my opinion. So you had those games coming out in 1995 for the PlayStation. And I guess if you really needed to get into 3D, that is what you had. But on the other side of things, there were still great games coming out outside of the new generation of console when um, when we're talking about 1995. Like, while this was happening, games like Donkey Kong Country 2, now available on the, uh, the Nintendo Switch Super Nintendo thing, was coming out. You had games like Chrono Trigger, which is one of the most revered games of all time. Those are both 1995 games. Wow. Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World 2 came out in 1995. So also, I just got to pause there because it's a fascinating context that when you started saying Donkey Kong, I was so sure it was going to be three. I think it's just like it's so weird to think about the fact that three came out way after the PS1 launch. Yeah, after. for real. That's that just is interesting. Like one of the last Super Nintendo games, I think. Well, like last official ones. But you have games like that coming out. So put those games against the PlayStation lineup and start to wonder, like, is that kind of what early adoption on a console looks like? I think you bring up some some incredible points because the problem, and I think that's a bigger problem now, because even then you could at least hypothetically say, well, there's a, a graphical generational leap and you would be right, right? I think there was a, a much more obvious gap between Super Nintendo and PS1 than NES and Super Nintendo, because even if history shows, like even a lot of parents would be like, why is this one so super? It doesn't play the same game, right? Even though, like, as the years progressed, you got to see, I mean, Donkey Kong Country, I mean, that that is a game that you looked at, you went like, wow, that was possible on the Super Nintendo? But it's because developers were really able to squeeze the juice out of those. So then by They've the time a new... developing. They have mastered it, man. So when a new console is about to come out... More often than not, you're getting some of the very best games on the previous generation. Like, you look, you look at, like, God of War. God of War, people assume that came out, like, early into the PS2. It's like, no. That was the near PS3, the end. Yeah, the PS3 was right around the corner. Yeah, the time the first God one came of War out. 2 come out after the PS3? I feel like that's true. It was, uh, look up that information because I'm too dumb to remember. But I know it's more or less around that time. And... It's not saying that you shouldn't upgrade, but it's just a friendly reminder that sometimes because of peer pressure, we tend to kind of want to take that leap, even though you're like, man, there's like uh, the, the PS3, for example, has over 1400 games. And I, I know that because that's the, most of the stuff that I cover in my channel. And I guarantee you, most people have not even played half of that library. And yeah, uh, the God of War 2 came out after the PS3. After. It was 
So it came out March 2007 with PS3 coming out November 2006. So that's another great example. Wow. It's it's not just something that was happening in the Super Nintendo to PlayStation 1 era. It's a common thing. Wow, that's actually pretty pretty amazing if you think about it. So let's uh, take a look at the uh, PS2 lineup now and see if they did a little bit better. So now we are going to be moving on. Once again, the uh, the PS2 in this case came out in Japan. I'm sorry, on March is that a 4th. blue PS2? Oh man, let's not talk about that. I want that. the The Japan has like this sexy blue PS2, and I've been thinking about importing one. They also have an amazing white model, and I'm just like trying to convince myself. But then I go to a cash to the slash Discord, and that probably would not help the scenario. But nope, uh, Japan. They okay. It begs referencing the lineup. Uh, because uh, five years later, we saw more variety except for Japan's. Th- this is the entire lineup for Japan. A-Train, okay, not to be confused. <laughs> for with the wrestler. With the wrestler. A-Train did not start on the I- exactly. PS2. Drum Mania, Eternal Ring, Kakinoki Shogi f- uh, 4, and Kessen. That was it. That was the whole lineup of the PS2 in Japan. Now, uh, a late 2020, uh, late 2000, I should say, uh, 20 uh, October 26th, we got a whole lot of games. Now, does that mean it matches the quality? Let's see here. We got Armored Core 2, so that's uh, like a robot, uh, mechanic-based game. It's like a pretty pretty solid game. Uh, Dead or Alive 2 Hardcore, Dynasty Warriors 2. I think a lot of people, especially now with Hyrule Warriors and all that, they definitely know about this. Uh, we got two ESPN games and International Track and Field and X Games Snowboarding. So we were still getting some of that PS1 leftover, like those games that never die. Eternal Ring, which I think it's in an it's like an RPG. I've always looked at the cover, but I never played it. Did you? Uh, no, I don't know anything about it. Uh, Evergrace, I think it's an action uh, action game. Yeah, it's action action <laughs> okay, game. Sure, yeah. there's probably action in it. That's probably <laughs> this uh, is what you come to for the podcast. Statement. That's my description. I think action, action, action in game. the game. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It could happen. Maybe there's a sword in it. Fantavision, uh, Gun, Griffin, Blaze, Kassen. I actually played that. It's like a strategy game. Pretty good. Matten, NFL, 2001, Midnight Club. Now. The later Midnight Club games were a lot better, but I mean, the first one's not bad. There's GP. A, it's kind of getting ahead of us or myself here, but there is a lot of games on this list that are like, this was a decent game that turned into a great series. That's true. That's true. Because we have here uh, NHL, Orphan, which I want to get a copy of, Q-Ball, Billiards Master. That's where you buy PS2. I bet you want to get a copy of that as well. Dude, yeah, of course. In 2020. Uh, ready to Rumble, <laughs> Boxing Round 2, Ridge Racer 5, Salad Scope, which is a questionable game to have on PS2, said by a guy that owns the game on PS2, <laughs> uh, Smuggler's Run, SSX, Street Fighter EX3. So that is when they took that 3D leap, which they started on the PS1 with Street Fighter. Thankfully, they went away. Uh, Summoner, Swing Away, Tekken Tag Tournament, which I freaking love, Time Splitters 1, which, eh. I love the other ones. Unreal Tournament, Wild Wild Racing, not West, and X-Quad. Keith, thoughts? Like I mentioned, it's a it's a list of things that were the beginning of things that turned into much better franchises. And 
I do think that this is a much stronger lineup than the PS1, just because of all the potential that we later saw with it. And there's a lot of games on there where there's collectors like yourself or more niche, um, like YouTube channels and um, people that like are really, really into video games that they seek out. And I think this like that's what makes this lineup better overall. There is a there's more than just one or two games that you can point at and be like, oh, that's the reason I should get a PS2. Even though there's not a lot of them, there was still something to look at and be like, oh, I get it. Okay, that's cool. Now, there was like even though they weren't technically launch games, there were things that were right around the corner that really were just a step up. Like Gran Turismo 3, it's not technically a launch game, but if you want to start talking about like launch games versus launch window, that's kind of like a launch window game for the PS2. And that game just blows everything out of the water as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. And I think another thing worth pointing is that in my case, you know, I mentioned I got that version of uh, the, the PS2. And it's because, let's not forget, I live in Puerto Rico. Sometimes we get screwed out of maybe some day one stuff, right? Some launch stuff. So the store that I went to, this is right around the time. It's like, hey, maybe just wait a little bit. So even the, the, the actual like store said just, hey, you can get the game with that. And I don't know, the more... This is interesting. We even went to the uh, Discord. Uh, shout out to Sir Meatwad and a couple of other people that were reacting, saying that, yeah, like, is it a great lineup? No. Like, the word great does not apply to this. Now, you can't fault them for at least trying to have nice variety because, look, like, when there, it comes you, to genres. There is a variety. It might not be great variety, but there is definitely variety. It is one of those, there's probably something for everyone there. Yeah, because you have. Uh, two solid first-person shooters, like great versions? No, these are some of the worst versions of great games with uh, Time Splitters and Unreal Tournament. Tekken Tag Tournament, I feel like uh, I freaking love. Like, I was a competitive gamer for Tekken Tag Tournament on arcade. But even by the time this came out, I was kind of, like, done with it, I guess. So it's the best version of it, right? It looks amazing, way better than the uh, arcade version. Uh, we got another fighting game with Street Fighter. We got SSX, and we know eventually we got games like Tricky, which people freaking love. There's Fantavision, which which is a game. And uh, we got Rich Racer. We have Ready to Rumble Boxing Round 2. Did you ever play the Ready to Rumble games? I freaking love those. I never played Round 2, but I loved Round 1 on the N64. I never beat it. I hit a wall in that game that there was just a boxer I couldn't take out but god i loved that game so much they are it, it might change if i went and played them today but i think those are better than the fight night games that came out you know one game that i think you'll also enjoy super random it, i've been playing the rocky game on ps2 because that's what i do and uh, <laughs> you know there's so many more games you can play but i chose rocky and the gameplay's not too different the problem is that they only play it's gotta fly now in the menu uh, the gotta fly now. Uh, in the menu and for his entrance. So <laughs> after a while, I'm like, look, I get it. You paid for the license. You want to get the bag out of your butt. So does does that game have like the likenesses of Rocky's opponents, like yeah. is Hulk Hogan in that game? And no, Mr. T. I mean, I, 
Uh, no. So no. they have others. Like they have the <laughs> others, except I guess the ones that really either so I Apollo haven't gotten Creed to Creed and Ivan Drago, and that's it. The problem is the difficulty gets up there to the point that I just could not continue progressing. But if I ever get to that point and uh, it's good enough, I will let you know. But it's it's really good. But it was not a launch title, so let's let's continue the conversation. Having said this, do you think it's a nice sample? Because I think even you brought it up. When you look at this, there's two ways to look at it. I see many great opportunities. Time splitters, we got the first one. We got two incredible sequels. You look at Dynasty Warriors, like I said before, I mean, look at uh, look at freaking Nintendo. It's like, hey. Why do you make me one of those games now? I mean, we had the one on Wii U. We're getting some more. They, so needless to say, maybe not the they, best launch. They withstood the test of time. I tip my hat to Dynasty Warriors games. I, I'm still amazed they keep coming out. I forget how many they've done. They you know, have the extreme games. I've been playing one on PlayStation now, just as like a turn my brain off game. And it's I'm like having eight fun. extreme or something like that. Yeah. Is it sad? I think I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know like, it has Lou Boo in it. I'm all about that probably, Lou Boo. I could probably make a name. Dynasty Wars 9 Ultra Extreme. Hyper Fighting Turbo. <laughs> Ultimate. Yeah, exactly. So that's been it for the uh, the PS2 lineup. I think that the more that you look at it, it's it's not horrible. I mean, let's uh, jump now to... Uh, here we have PlayStation Portable. We will not be covering that for the time being, but maybe in the future, that, that would not be a bad episode. If anybody would be interested, we could do some handheld stuff. It's interesting, though. We need to cheat a little bit with the PS3 because in a week's span, they had two sort of launch lineups, and I feel like it's so close. Like, let's do part one. So It kind of counts. Yeah, so part one was November 11th, 2006. And those games include Genji, Days of the Blade, Mobile Suit Gundam, Target in Sight, Resistance Fall, Resistance Fall of Man, uh, which is a first-person shooter, Ridge Racer 7, because you got to have one of them Ridge Racers, uh, and Sega Golf Club. Wow. <laughs> okay, so it is worth pointing out $600. For the, the the one that you really wanted to get. This was a piece of hardware that they told you was worth getting a second job for so you could play Sega Golf Club. <laughs> yeah. So before we continue reacting now, let's... Because uh, uh, that was the one in, in uh, Japan, I should say, right? I should clarify. So that was in Japan. And now in North America, which was a week later, on November 17th, like, first of all, like, these Japanese companies, like, are they, why are they screwing with their own people? I'm like, damn, man, like, at least give them some more games at launch, because here we had uh, Blazing Angels, Squadrons of World War II, Call of Duty 3, uh, Genji Days of the Blade, Madden NFL 07, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, Crossfire... NBA 2K7, NHL 2K7, Resistance Fall of Man, Ridge Racer 7, uh, P Tiger Woods PGA Tour 07, so many sevens. Okay, here we go. Tony Hawk's Project 8. Thank you, Tony. Project 8. And Untold Legends Dark Kingdom, which I've actually been playing recently because it is what I do. Because of course. You exactly. <laughs> okay, now having looked at the uh, Japanese launch lineup and the North American launch lineup, $600. Thoughts? 
To me, it really shows because there was a point in time and I think it's something that's only gotten worse as we progressed to new consoles. But as time went on, there was a situation where the games were coming out for both consoles. They're the cross-generational games. And a lot of the PS3 stuff also came out on PS2, like all of those sports games that you mentioned. I believe Call of Duty 3 also came out on the PS2. So it really lessens the reason to own this thing. Like, you could still play those games, albeit it might be in an inferior version, but sometimes it's not. So what reason do I have to check out this new console? And I think it's really prominent in that launch lineup. And it's not just that. It's that it's more expensive. The Xbox was already out by this time because the Xbox came out in November 22, 2005. So many of these games already were probably at the palm of your Maybe hands. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of with Call of Duty 3 then because it yeah, was yeah, I know it was it came, it came out this. it came out that was like one of the staples for for the 360. I, I remember mm-hmm. people saying great things about that. I remember at a kiosk it was that and King Kong for the Xbox 360 right, and that was right. showing off why you need the new console. It was impressive like I never actually got to play the full version of that game of that King Kong game but it, it was nice to look at. But then uh, you you have games games like Genji, which I've I've been playing also, and uh, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know you why gotta, I do these you got to get your dose of giant enemy crab. See that that's what Genji is to me. It's part of the meme that was that Sony E three presentation that one year. Pretty much, man. And I think that the sad part is when you look at this uh, lineup. It's just a lot of mediocre stuff because Resistance Fall of Man is the first game of a trilogy. A lot of people have great things to say about that. The problem at the same time is that 2006 is when we began, we've talked about this before, this like black, brown, and gray color tone in video games where a lot of games just look super neutral. Like I was playing the other day, uh, Tony Hawk's Proving Ground, because I've been curious about the Tony Hawk's games that I've never played. Did you ever play Proving Ground? No, I stopped playing Tony Hawk games after uh, Thug One and haven't touched one since. So I've been playing this. Uh, this came out in 2007, so we're definitely around this time. And the problem is, in a high-definition leap, they took this change of, hey, we're just going to like simplify all the colors. And to me, I thought it was such a boring way to look at this. Now, you have games like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but then again, 360 version ran a hell of a lot better. So Yeah, and wasn't that another cross-generational game? I believe so, because X-Men Legends was a PS2 game. So can you look that up if yeah, possible? I'll look that yeah, up. I mean, there's a version on PSP of, of that game. So there's got to be a, a an Xbox version or, or something like that. But regardless, uh, also X-Men Legends, super good. We should review that in the future. Also playing that. But um, I think overall, it's it's a fairly it, uneventful lineup. It was a lineup. PS2 game. Okay, okay. Maybe it's one of those... Oh, you know, that will be an interesting thing to look at eventually. You know how you do have the games that you've mentioned where it's almost one-on-one. Like uh, an example for us is WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. We played it on PS2, but it looked a hell of a lot better on 360. And gameplay-wise, it was the exact same. But we know that after a while, games get this legacy edition, which is, hey, we're still coming out for older consoles, but it is not the same I'll game. It's often stripping. Games. Most of the Pretty time. Pretty much. Or switch ports, switch ports of uh, sports games. But uh, 
And now let's get to more recent times and give our reactions to the PS4 lineup. And uh, that is not the PS4 lineup. Give me a second. That's Vita. <laughs> Scroll down. We're really doing on this the ball line, people. There we go. Okay, so uh, in a twist of the norm, the latest console was actually launched first in North America, hitting stores on November 15th, 2013. Seriously, what, what's, their, what's their beef with Japan? I don't get it. But anyway, so here we have <laughs> Angry Birds Star Wars, uh, Battlefield 4, Call of Duty Ghosts, Contrast, FIFA 14, Flower, Forced, Injustice, Gods Among Us, Ultimate Edition, Just Dance 2004, uh, Killzone Shadowfall, Knack, Lego Marvel Super Heroes, Madden NFL 25, NBA 2K14, Need for Speed Rivals, Wrestlegun, Scalander, Swap Force, Sound Shapes, Super Motherload, Trying to. I, I need to I need to react first saying that Maybe a little bit controversial. I think the PS2 had an objectively better lineup because, like, Injustice Gods Among Us, it's the ultimate edition of a, of a great game on PS3. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty Ghosts, Angry Birds Star Wars. Uh, I, I'm not seeing, like, I'm trying to think of, like, I thought about buying a PS4 at launch. So, like, this is like way later. We have jobs. We can actually buy these things at launch, right? I looked at this lineup and I'm like, why? Why would I buy it? And I actually didn't buy one. Uh, yeah. What about you? What's your take on this? I'm the same way. Maybe it is because this is when I was an adult and could actually go out and spend my own money on stuff like this. But in my opinion, the PlayStation 4 launch is one of the worst in history. Because you look at that list of games and with the exception of Knack which is not a good game. If you're a knack apologist out there, sorry, it sucks. But all of these games are either ports of previous generation games or indie games. There was nothing that was there that like you need to buy this console. Like I remember the conversation when the PS4 curse first came out, like the must play game was Sound Shapes, which was it's a good game. Yeah, it's a good it's, game. I actually played it, but I mean like it's an indie it is, game. Yeah, it's like Super it Stardust, way. but prettier. Exactly. And and the problem, and this is like an upsetting thing for me, and I'm curious to get your reaction. There are some games that you look at it and you go like, okay, this can only be done on the newer console. There are games like Sound Shapes, which you go, hey, guess what? This great game. It's cool. It's cool but that it, totally it lives on doesn't the PS4. Need that generational, and many of those are available, like uh, Scalander Swap Force. That game's available on the PS3. And for context, Swap Force, super underrated game. Like, non-jokingly, let's forget about the whole... Um, like getting the toys because I mean it, it'll cost you a pretty penny, right? This is one of those things where you gotta, gotta get, get your the panel. robots, baby. Yeah, you, you gotta get all of those, and here you can like swap the forces of the different ones. It's like a super enjoyable game, but even then, it's like you gotta get the leap, and then you gotta buy the characters. I played this game many years after, so I was able to get most of the uh, toys used for like two bucks, as opposed to like eight or ten each. But when you look at this lineup, it's like what you mentioned. It's like, why? It'll look nicer than the PS3 version. I don't think anybody doubts that, but like a, a generation's worth? Like, any additional thoughts about that? Yeah, it's just, it kind of goes to the, the point that I've been going back to this entire episode where 
if you wait six months, then that's when you start to see those must-have games for the console where it clicks and it's like, okay, this is why I need a PS4. Because uh, that's when you started seeing the things like the destinies of the world a little later. And then that's what that's where the system sellers lived. And yeah, you just like a little bit of patience, I think, goes a long way with this stuff. And especially here, what was interesting is that at least look like Devil's Advocate with the PS3, you could say, especially that $600 one. Hey, maybe these games suck. Hypothetically, you can still play PS1 and PS2 games on it. And the HDMI compatibility, I mean, even for some people alone, that was worth the price of admission because like that's when you had the problems with like, hey, I bought an HDTV PS1 games look super ugly in it. Hey, just plug in the PS3. But with PS4... But even then, like with the PS2 emulation, it could do it, the the original PS3s. But I remember it being like stretched and weird and didn't look right. Well, no, no, uh, the, 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 first, the first PS3, because like... Sony did a really but, bad job. But we're talking about launch consoles, so we're yeah, talking no. about that first PS3. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So the first, the first, first one did a really good job of emulating them. The problem is some of the, the default settings. I don't know why they had those. Eventually, they, they did emulation, and it wasn't perfect. But look, like even then, that new console had access to whatever crappy games came out then, and then some. With the PS4, they said, "This is it." Like, like, if you don't like this... Play sound shapes or play nothing. Exactly. And and that is very upsetting. And and I think that, you know, we've discussed this already in prior episodes, we, where now, I think to keep this conversation going, let's react to the... Obviously, we're recording this before launch. Anything can happen in the pandemic era. But let's react quickly here to the... It's worse uh, the, than the, uh, the reign of terror era, the pandemic era. I mean, it, it is true, man. It is true. And uh, it's not in this article, but I do have the uh, launch games here for the PS5. Of course, mileage may vary. It is uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Astro's Playroom. So that is a sequel to Astro, uh, which was one of the uh, main PSVR games. Uh, the Demon Souls uh, remake, Destruction All-Stars, which is like a, an arena-based battler, Dirt 5, uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Godfall, or I forget the generic... Is that the one they changed the, the name? Now it's Killer, whatever that... Th that game. Killer it, Be it, Killed, Reign of Gods, Terror, It, it looks fall. good, it looks good. Marvel, <laughs> Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, and Watch Dogs Legion. Worth pointing out... Some of these games are going to be having downscaled, not as good versions on PS4, including Miles Morales and Sackboy. So these are not necessarily exclusive games. My first impression is not a whole lot's in there, but what's in there, there's at least some substance, right? At least like strategically we're getting Valhalla. Like Demon's Souls, it's a full-on remaster or remake, I, I should say, from the, the PS3 game. Um, DMC five, that's cool. I mean, Miles Morales uh, is really the the system seller for for the PS five here. What's your reaction based on uh, this lineup of games? There is some cool stuff in there, like you mentioned, and I mean, we haven't played it yet, so this could end up being totally false. But you have a game like Watchdog Legion that 
you can look at it and be like, oh, okay, well, that's probably not possible on a PS4, at least with the early footage you've seen. But with the exception of one or two examples, it's really not that different than the other lineups where you have one or two things that you can point at, but a lot of it's cross-generational stuff, which has become a lot easier. We've almost leaned too far in the other direction these days where now it's just everything is getting ported up to this new um, generation and that's something they're leaning on. It's something that happened heavily during the uh, PS4 era and I can't imagine this will be any different. And then just kind of there's maybe one or two things that you can look at. We have the benefit now of things getting remastered, which is awesome. Like one of the most exciting things for me is the Demon Souls remaster because it looks awesome. That is yeah. an awesome game on PS3 that'll probably be even cooler on PS5. Do I need to go out day one and buy a PS5 because of the Demon Souls remaster? No, not really. I'll check it out eventually, but it's something that's cool that it's there. For me, the, based on everything that I'm seeing, and, and it's worth pointing out, I've mentioned this before, but for first-time listeners now, I I got a pretty beefy computer upgrade a couple of months ago. So I did that looking at everything and realizing that my benefit with my computer is if I upgrade my computer, every game that I have plays better. I can record those games better. I don't need to buy more games, right? And I've gone back. I played like the Tomb Raider reboot from 2013, and it looks like a brand new game. I just set that everything to ultra, and it's like, it's almost like I got a sequel for that game. When I look at all, a lot of this, like uh, both companies, both Xbox, Microsoft and Sony are doing a lot of great things with backwards compatibility. Microsoft doing a far better job, in my opinion. Sony's kind of like, Hey, we'll just like remake the game. And with some PS4 games, we're going to be doing some upgrading. But I mean, Microsoft is going to go all the way back, even with like 360 games, like games with uncapped frame rate on 360 look amazing on the X. And and I think that's something beautiful. And if anything, but it's not a system seller. No, no. And exactly. And if anything, it highlights the weakness of the problem, which is. If that old game is so good, like I get it, it'll play better. It's like, why are why are not better things being presented at the beginning? And I think that the reason that I even wanted to work on this episode when I when I brought it up is I think that we as gamers need to realize that the whole concept of, you know, especially with the pandemic, you know, the fact that it, there was always that build up for E3, obviously it was very different now. And with this now, not only have launch lineups always been pretty meh, but I think we need to realize that it's more about games as a system, games as a service a lot more now, rather than I'm going to buy the console for the new game. It's going to be I'm going to buy the new console for like the PS5. They're doing that whole thing with Plus where you're going to get some of the top PS4 games day one so you can play them, which cool, but I also have PS4 a PS4 games, yeah. Same thing with Xbox, which is with Game Pass, we have all of that, which is awesome. But if you have an X, like in my case, like I'm not getting a new Xbox and it's like my Xbox series, my Xbox One X, I, I even I get confused at this point. <laughs> Still pretty freaking awesome, right? Yeah. So a, any any additional thoughts about this? Yeah, I think that brings up an interesting conversation because you have somebody like Ryan, who is not here, but I will speak for him, that 
kind of went at about the other way, where you brought it up early in the episode, but when these new consoles come out, everything from the old console gets cheap. He, he came in at the best bought, time. Yeah, he came in at the best time because he just recently got a PS4 and now he's getting like the greatest hits of that generation, easily the best games for extremely cheap because they've been out for a few years and you can find them for 10, 20 bucks on sale. Like that almost seems like the better better way to go if you never got into that generation than just go out and buy the new thing and have to sit there and wait because even going back to the playstation one um back in 95 you could have at that time went and bought a playstation one or if you never really got into the super nintendo imagine all the amazing games that had already came out at that point and were still coming out that were dirt cheap at that point it's not something that that's new to this generation. It's something that's been around forever. And I think something you really need to weigh against, should I rush out and get the new console and will it be worth it? And I believe that because we are way past the, uh, the cartridge based era where super Nintendo games and all those will only go up as time goes on. And, and it's shown like some, some of them go down. I've seen some people like a uh, binge purchase, a lot of uh, sealed PS4 games. And then, then you go on eBay. It's like, Hey, brand new sealed. Here's eight bucks. It's like the, those previous generations from the PS3 to the current one, with the exception of some very rare titles, it's very hard to find ultra expensive games. So, and I, digital I has think, really tanked that stuff. I think that's where it's going to be very interesting with this generation, because you clearly see there is a digital transition, which like, can Ryan do that with the PS5? And we don't know the answer to that, right? Like when, say it is 2026 right now, and Ryan's like, hey, I'm gonna buy one of them fifth PlayStations. And maybe the games that on PS4 were $5, Maybe they're not. And it's because we've seen digital stores because the stores are all there's always something on sale. Like as somebody that has not bought a lot of physical games, like I can still go to the PlayStation store during the Halloween sale and pick up Resident Evil 2 for 20 bucks. That's very true. And now having said all of this, I know that there's not like an amazing answer of like, oh, wow, this one had the best launch lineup. If you had to. Based on at a first glance, knowing what that launch lineup led to, which one of the uh, five PlayStations, like, I mean, obviously it's hard to include the fifth one uh, because we haven't played it yet, but of the other four, let's call it, which one do you think had the best lineup? Because even for me, as mediocre as it may seem for the PS2, because like there's nothing in there that I'm like, wow, I at least appreciate that variety. <laughs> And yeah, it's, I think that's kind of what it boils down to. I'm in 100% agreeance where there's nothing really that stands out and go, wow, it's amazing. There's a lot of variety there. And there's a lot of things that began uh, potential where it's the first game or it's a really niche game. Like nobody really talks about Smuggler's Run anymore, except people that were really, really, really into that game. And the fact it was Rockstar's pre Grand Theft Auto game or one of them. Is and it good, by the way? No, it's Aww. it's all right. You yeah. would probably play it for your weird YouTube channel. <laughs> no, I'm asking because it's like $2 complete a box, Keith. Oh. <laughs> 
It is sad. I know the shit. <laughs> it is sad. It's really sad. But you're a functioning adult. You're allowed to know those exactly. things. Exactly. That, that's, that's what I get. But uh, I think that with the PS3, if that came out simultaneously with the Xbox 360, the conversation would be different because they'd be like, okay, that's cool. But even then, the 360 games tended to run a lot better. So for everybody watching and listening, if it's on YouTube, please drop a comment. Let us know out of all of these. And remember, like this is obviously uh, subjective, right? This is based on uh, all of our personal opinions. It's not saying that we are saying for a fact the PS3, the PS2 had the best launch lineup, but drop a comment, thumbs up, subscribe. If you're listening on podcast apps, please consider leaving that five-star review, whether it be on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, even on Facebook, facebook.com slash ACAST to the past. You can drop that. Uh, if you want to carry the conversation over, you can do so at ACAST to the past.com slash Discord. We have a uh, variety of different channels that are talking about movies, music, food, retro gaming, all that good stuff. Uh, Be on the lookout because we have some very exciting episodes coming up in the future, celebrating maybe some of our favorite wrestling games. Maybe we do a little bit of GameCube slash Wii U coverage in the near future. So be on the lookout for that with another episode of a cast to the past. Yeah. I got nothing, man. Usually I got like like a fancy thing to say at the end. I I got nothing, man. Yeah. Um... Be excited for the new consoles if you want, or be like me and wait, I guess. Make Waiting's whatever makes good. you happy. Be, everybody, be like Ryan. Ryan, yeah. Ryan really did do it at the best time. It, he he posted on the Discord, like, all the console that he got with all the games. I'm like, dude, that's so freaking good. Like, games I already had, but the fact that he was able to get them at, like, a fraction of a cost is just, like, very pretty impressive. awesome. Yeah. Be like, big, big ups to the McNutt. Love you, Ryan.